Well, we are in a Christmas series this morning called He Was Named Jesus. You might be wondering where we got that title. Well, we got it straight from the Bible. Luke chapter 2:21 tells us on the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name that angel had given to him before he was conceived. One of the very first responsibilities that parents have is to name their child, and Mary and Joseph were no different. However, they were different in the case that they had divine help in naming their child. An angel appeared to them and said, you are going to name your baby Jesus. And the reason why is because Jesus means salvation, Jesus means rescuer, and that's who Jesus was, is, and what he came to do. Just like Pastor Cooper shared last week, there's salvation in the name of Jesus. I remember the responsibility I felt in naming my first our firstborn child. It was a very big deal. We wanted a name unlike any other name, so we looked up the meaning of names, we pulled family members, we prayed about it, and finally we settled on the name Allie Joy. Allie was just Allie, not short for Allison, and Joy was because we wanted that to be a part of her life, and that's true on most days. <laughs> She's a huge joy and blessing to our family. Well, you can imagine my disbelief after we named Allie Joy a very, what I thought, very unique name, when she had a classmate who went to Disneyland, and um, amongst the crowds and chaos that's a Disneyland theme park, a classmate's friend heard someone calling Allie Joy, Allie Joy. So they looked around to see where the Postuma family was, and we were not there. Someone else had named their little girl Allie Joy. We were not unique like we thought we were. Now, no matter how unique you think your name is, there's normally another name like yours. For example, I have two girl cousins named Catherine because our grandma was named Catherine, so the boys thought it'd be good to name their daughters Catherine as well. So I never really felt like my name was truly unique or very special. However, <clears throat> Jesus' name is truly unique and very special and unlike any other name, because Jesus' name is the only name with ultimate power and authority attached to it. This morning, my goal is to show you why there's power in the name of Jesus, and then to give a couple biblical examples about that, and then finally, some practical application on how we can bring the power of the name of Jesus into our lives and into our circumstances. But as we begin, let's pray. <clears throat> thank you, God, for the health and strength that you gave us to be here this morning. Thank you that you have something that you want to speak to each and every one of us through your word. And that's the amazing thing is that we can all hear the same message, but you, through the power of your spirit, are speaking to us individually. So I pray that you would open our ears to hear what you have to say to us and that you would give us hearts and attitudes to respond. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So why is there power in the name of Jesus? The simple answer is because creator God is the ultimate power and authority over everything, and Jesus is his son. But let's explore it just a little bit deeper. 
in the natural and physical realm in which we live our day-to-day lives, the most powerful force in all of the earth is death, the power of the grave. Death is final, at least as far as the physical realm is concerned, and there's no coming back from death. (laughs) Every person who has ever lived on this earth has eventually died. (laughs) There are documented cases of those who died and were brought back to life. Some of those are in the Bible. Others, you could see documented cases if you research and study that. But even those people who were brought back to life, eventually death had power over them them yet again. Jesus is the only human that died, was brought back to life, and didn't die again. There is power and authority in his name because he is the only one who raised himself from the dead through the power of God and the Holy Spirit, proving that he is more powerful than the strongest force of nature, death. Another way to think of it is if death is the strongest force in the world, in the physical world, and Christ mastered that, that means he is the most powerful force in the world. Ephesians 1, 19 through 22 says it this way. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. I love verse 21. It says that Jesus is far above any authority or realm or power in existence. Now think for a moment. Think about the things that have a powerful hold in your own life or in the lives of those that you love. Those chains that seem to be too strong to ever be broken. The fact of the matter is Jesus is stronger than those chains. And when we turn to him, his power breaks chains off of lives. Now us in the room, and in fact everyone who has ever lived, We have the opportunity to live in that power or to deny it. That's the choice that you and I have that God gave us. But one day, sooner or later, everything and everyone will submit to the name of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.10 says, The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit submit to this name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. The New Testament is full of examples of the power that accompanied Jesus' name. I want to share two with you this morning. The first one is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 1 through 6, and it says this. 
Let me give a little bit of context. This is when Jesus was on his way to be crucified and he went with his disciples into the garden to pray. And it says this. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was an olive grove and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who had betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas, the traitor, was standing there with him. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. I love what um, a commentary said about this portion of scripture. It said, this was a stunning event as the great I am spoke his name before those who sought to seize him. It is obvious in the text that they did not trip over each other in surprise for every one of these strong men fell backward to the ground by the power of God, by Jesus saying, I am he, I am Jesus. There was such power that those strong, mighty soldiers fell back to the ground. There is power in the name of Jesus. The next example I want to show you is found in the book of Acts chapter 3 and 4. And this is after Jesus had died, risen back to life, and ascended up to heaven, and after the Holy Spirit was sent. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 says this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. He got a little bit more than he bargained for, didn't he, in an awesome way. The power that crippled that man came under the authority of the name of Jesus, and Jesus prevailed. As you can imagine, this caused quite an uproar. So let me continue reading Acts chapter 4, verses 5 through 10. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, 
rulers and elders of the people. If we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, this man stands before you healed. Peter spoke the name of Jesus over the crippled man, bringing the power of God into the situation, and this man's life was never the same. Now, by the way, the power of the name of Jesus wasn't only available to those early followers of Christ. It is available to every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl today, because according to Hebrews 13:8, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. These verses in Acts chapter 3 and 4 give us some insight into how you and I can allow the power of Jesus into our lives and into our circumstances as well. Peter believed that Jesus was stronger than the circumstances of the crippled man. And because he believed that, he called on the name and the power of Christ to take precedence and have authority over the situation. It kind of reminds me of when I was a little girl and I thought my dad was super big and super strong. In fact, I had been known to tell other kids on occasion that my daddy could beat up their daddies. And I truly believe that my dad was the strongest man alive and I didn't mind offering him to a duel on his behalf to prove it. What would happen if we strongly believed in the truth and the power of Jesus? You see, the truth is my dad wasn't the strongest man alive like I thought. The truth is Jesus is. He is the strongest, most powerful name in the whole universe. And what would happen if we did something with that belief? God is looking for people who will believe in the power of who Jesus is. Are we truly people who believe that Jesus is stronger than addiction? A more powerful force than anxiety and depression? That demonic oppression, gender confusion, and generational sins must bow the knee to Jesus? That Jesus is stronger than scars from our past? That Jesus is stronger than the unforgiveness or bitterness that we hold in our hearts towards someone? That Jesus is even over sickness and death? If we believe that, what then are the implications of that belief? You see, God is also looking for people like Peter who not only believe, but will bring the power of his name into life's circumstances. When we say yes to a relationship with Jesus, we are now a part of the kingdom of God. And part of our royal responsibility in that kingdom is to bring God's kingdom here to earth. We don't have to succumb to either the earthly or demonic kingdoms that are a part of this world. We get to permeate those kingdoms with the far superior kingdom of God. 
Jesus explained it this way in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Through Jesus, God has given us, as his church, the keys of the kingdom. And now we just start unlocking doors in the spiritual realm over our families, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, and our community. I remember when I was a young mom and I encountered things with my kids that I didn't know how to handle. I didn't always know what to do. They might have thought I did, but I really didn't. <laughs> Any parents relate. <laughs> but one thing I did know was that Jesus was the ultimate authority and that I could call on him in the things I faced as a young mom. <clears throat> I remember when our daughter was little and needed help with a not serious but chronic health issue. I remember feeling so helpless so I would just start singing the name of Jesus over her in the form of old choruses I had learned growing up in church. And this became a regular part of our lives, me singing the name of Jesus over my kids when they were scared, when I didn't know what to do, and when they needed comforting. Sometimes at night I'd sit on the stairs between their two rooms and sing those old choruses over and over and over again. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Kings and kingdoms shall all pass away, but there's something 
as my kids have gotten older, the circumstances of their lives have become more serious, more complex. They may not want me to sit on the stairs and sing over them anymore. And before too long, they will both have moved out of our home and away from the Jesus song of my heart. Yet, they will never be away from the power of Jesus' name that has been sung and prayed over them most days of their lives. Prayer is another way that we can bring the power of Jesus' name into a situation. In fact, when we say in Jesus' name, amen, at the end of a prayer, what are we doing? We're invoking the power and the authority of his name. The name that is above everyone and everything else. And we're inviting that power into our lives and into our circumstances. Did you know that Jesus loves to be invited in? He's waiting to be invited in. Lately, I've been praying some pretty simple yet powerful one-word prayers. You see, if the name of Jesus is the name above every other name, then the most powerful prayer you can pray is simply Jesus. When you don't know what to say or how to pray, his name is more than enough. Now let me make one thing clear. This isn't some sort of a fairy tale like rubbing Aladdin's magical lamp to get what you want. Speaking the name of Jesus doesn't mean you're making a wish. It means you are inviting the king of the universe into a situation. It also means that you are surrendering and turning over control to him. It's not some sort of sly way to control a situation. How many of us have ever tried to control something through a prayer? <laughs> That's not what this is about. Because if you're inviting Jesus in, that means that you're going to have to give up control to Jesus because power and control go hand in hand. Whoever has the power also has the control. When we speak the name of Jesus over our lives and the lives of our loved ones, we are placing them in his hands. But how many know there are no safer hands than the nail-scarred hands of Jesus Christ. We can entrust and trust him with all of the circumstances of our lives and the lives of our loved ones. When Jesus came at Christmas, he came as a human baby. And oftentimes at Christmas time, I see little babies and I think about Jesus. Jesus came in humility at Christmas. He came, he took on flesh, and came in humility to give up his life by dying on the cross. Because of his humble beginnings, some people didn't recognize his power or his authority. They didn't know him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In closing, I'd like to read for you how Jesus will come when he returns a second time to this earth. This time around, there will be no doubt about his power 
and about his authority. Let me read to you Revelation 19, 11 through 16. And I found a picture that illustrates this that we're going to put up on the screen. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. And that is the power that comes with the name of Jesus. In closing, Cooper and Karen are going to sing a, call, a song called I Speak the Name. And as a side note, I made a Spotify playlist with this song and other songs that talk about the power of name of Jesus. You can find it under Kate Postuma, The Power um, yeah, power in the name of, you found it, all right. Oh, well, there it is, all right. Power in the name of Jesus, and it has this song and many other awesome songs that I've been listening to and proclaiming over my life and over my loved ones. As they sing this beautiful song, I encourage you to just let the words wash over you and to allow faith to rise up within you, for you, for your loved ones, to let the power of the name of Jesus fill you with hope and expectancy as you surrender control to the power of the name of Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. 
Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus very powerful and I think the best way to respond to that is by thinking about areas in our own life and lives of our loved ones that we want to speak the name of Jesus over so I'm going to ask you to just bow your head and to cup your hands in front of you and put in your hands anything that represents something that you want Jesus to be over Maybe it's addiction or anxiety or depression, fear, bitterness, gender confusion, generational sins, scars from abuse, sickness, bitterness, whatever it is that you want to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus and ask Jesus to be over, put that in your hands right in front of you. And now what I'm going to ask you to do is to just speak the name of Jesus over it. Jesus, 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 speak the name of Jesus. Jesus, you have all power and you have all authority. We speak your name, Jesus, Jesus. 
thank you, Lord, that a whispered prayer of the name of Jesus has power because your name has power. There is power in the name of Jesus. So everything else has to come under that power and under that authority and bow the knee to Jesus. And Lord, this isn't just some sort of mystical exercise. This is, this is powerful. And this is what you want us to do, is to invite Jesus in to our lives and into our circumstances and to release and release and surrender control to you. Jesus, we give it to you. We ask you to work and to move in ways that only you can. And oftentimes things are stirring in the spiritual realm before we can see them with our earthly eyes. And so I pray that you would give us faith to believe in you through this and that you would spark something right now in this holy moment. We pray these things in the strong, unmatched, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There is power in the name of Jesus. Always remember that Jesus loves you very much. And so do Mark and I. Have a great week. And be sure to pick up your Christmas Eve invites as you leave. Also, if there's something that's stirred in your heart and you would like some individual prayer, some of us will be up front here to pray with you. Have a great week.